Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we study the Prophet Ezekiel, the Novi Yechezkel 37b. That's the second half of chapter Lamed Zion. In the first half, we read of the famous prophecy regarding the Valley of the Dry Bones. And there, in the first half, we were discussing the utter despair that had struck the people, the people of Israel, those that had been exiled to Babylon, when they heard the news of the final destruction of Jerusalem, the destruction of the temple, the slaughtering of thousands upon thousands of their of their relatives and fellow Judeans. And the complete despair that the people thought, of Tikvatenu, our our hope is lost, our hope is gone. Yisrael told them, no, your hope is never gone. God will give you strength. God will bring you back. He will bring you back to life. He will bring the, the bones back to life. And you will yet one day go back to your land and rebuild the nation and get back to the mission which you were set out upon in the beginning of your history. The first and foremost uh, a, a job of that building of that nation that God is now giving them the strength to build is what we're about to study in today's today's uh, portion. We're going to what is it that they is going to be absolutely fundamentally necessary for the next time around to be successful, so that it won't be the same as it was the first time around. It, it was clear to the people that the beginning of the end and the cause of the end was disunity among the people themselves most importantly typified and, and, and made obvious by the split between the northern and the southern kingdoms. The northern and the southern kingdom split happened hundreds of years before this, and the northern kingdom had already been destroyed by the Assyrians about over a hundred years prior to the destruction of the temple. But it was clearly obvious that the decline of the people came about because they could not cooperate among themselves. The height of the kingdom was when they were unified. So it was clear that it was disunity, disunity between the people and themselves, between families, between tribes, between the north and the south. Disunity was the, the, um, the cause of it all. Therefore, when they rebuild the new state, when they rebuild the new country, when they build the new nation, when they rebuild the new nation that's going to be devoted to God, a nation that's going to set an example and bring the rest of the world under God's wings together with them, they need to start by unity at home. It sounds like such a cliche, but it is so true. If they have no unity among themselves, how are they supposed to spread unity in the world? This is the lesson that we're about to read in Ezekiel 37. And the word of God to me was as follows. That's verse 13, chapter 37. Adam, you, human being, I want you to take one piece of wood, and I want you to write on it, this piece of wood is for Yehuda, for Judah, Ulevnei Yisrael Chavirov, and all of the people of Israel that associate themselves with the side of Yehuda. It is clear from here and from many other places that Judah was the southern kingdom, Israel was the northern kingdom, and in general, Yehuda was people descended of the tribe of, tribe of Judah and Benjamin, and in general, the north was the people of Israel associated with the other ten tribes. However, there were members of the other ten tribes mixed into Yehuda and vice versa. So those that associated with the southern kingdom, 
and take another piece of wood and write upon it Leo safe for Joseph Eitz Ephraim this is the piece of wood that is for Ephraim who is generally considered the lead tribes of the ten tribes from which many of the kings such as Jeroboam Yeravam the first one came from Ephraim and all of the people of Israel who associated themselves with the northern kingdom now remember those Jews did not set up a community in exile. Those bases, or all the ones of the northern kingdom, had by this time pretty much had already assimilated into all of the places where they were exiled um, by the Assyrian kingdom. How, so the people of Judah living in Babylon would have thought that they will hope for them to be restored as lost, the hope for them to be restored as gone, and they would have, they would have given up on their brothers. But this chapter is all about not giving up on anyone. They're still there, and they still are part of the Jewish people, even if they're not as connected as you are, but they're still part of the people, and they still deserve to be brought back. So this is the lesson here. Don't give up. Don't give up on the nation. Don't give up on the people of the nation. Bikarav otam echad el echad, verse 17. And I want you to bring those two pieces of wood, bring them close one to the other. Lecha for you, so that they become like one piece of wood, and in your hand they will join together as one. When the people of your nation, when you're saying over, speaking over, presenting this prophecy to them, and putting these two pieces of wood together, the people of your nation will say as follows, Tell us please, what are these things? What does this mean to you? What are you trying to represent? Verse 19, Daber Aleyhem, when they ask you that question, this is what I want you to answer them. Ko Amar Adonai Elohim, so says the Lord God. Hine ani lokeachet et Yosef asher biyad Ephraim. I'm going to take the wood of Joseph, which is in the hands of the leadership of the tribe of Ephraim. V'shivtei Yisrael Chavirav, and all of the other tribes of Israel that associate with him. V'natati otom olav et et Yudan, I'm going to put upon it the wood that represents Yehuda, I'm going to put them all together, make them one wood, and I'm going to make them one in my hand. And in your hands, those two pieces of wood, you will hold them up in front of them to show them and demonstrate the point that I'm trying to make. This is the symbolism which I want you to use to demonstrate to them this point. Vidaber alehem, and I want you to speak to them and say, so says the Lord God, Behold, I am going to take the people of Israel from among the nations, among the nations where they have went, all of them, even though they're scattered all around. In other words, you already know that the members of the ten tribes the, the northern kingdom have scattered across many nations. And you are here in Babylon. And I am going to gather them from everywhere. I am going to bring them back to this land, to their land. This is a very bold statement to make at this stage in history. The people have just been, the, the nation has just been destroyed, the land has just been destroyed, the temple has just been destroyed. This is just a group of people that made it to Babylon and the others are scattered all around the world and most have already assimilated into those societies. How is it possible that God's going to bring them 
that we can bring them all back. The people themselves have no way. I mean, it, it's it's unimaginable for them that they can go and gather them all from the clutches of all these nations and bring them back to their land. But here, God is promising them that yes, I will take the people, the the people of Israel from among all those nations. I will gather them and bring them back to their land. Yes, this will happen. Because the people themselves, if they were given this task, it would be an impossible task to think. How in the world could they possibly accomplish such a thing? But God is saying, I am going to do it for you. I'm going to make them into one single nation. In the land, in the mountains of Israel. Remember, the mountains is, is represents those places where in the old time they used to perform their idol worship and abominations and corruptions. But now God is saying, no, the mountains of Israel are going to be a beacon. They're going to be where I'm going to gather. They're going to be the source of unity. And they are going to have one king, one leader for as a king. It will be just one. In other words, it will be a unified leadership. No longer will they break apart and become two separate nations. They will not divide themselves up. Never ever. This uses the word never again, never again, never again. Three times. Into two different kingdoms. And what will this unity bring about? This And what will bring about this unity? How will they be unified? Because they're not going to go and look to idols and look to all kinds of things because those all lead to corruption. Why do they lead to corruption? Because people seek to, um, in idol worship by definition, one sacrifices things, one does rituals to this idol in order to gain appeasement, in order to gain good in this world. When one worships God, one knows that one has to live a just and righteous life in order to to get God's favor in order to be in right with God. But but so if we throw out and get rid of these superstitions, these idols, these uh, for which they had to do abominable, immoral things, which had nothing to do with justice, nothing to do with living a righteous life, those things need to be thrown out of a Hopishiam and they're not going to be involved in all of their sins. And then because that is how they're going to live, because they're going to live properly, that's why they're going to have unity. And I will save them. From all of the places in the world where they have sinned, and all of the places, um, I'm going to save them. I will purify them. It is possible, as long as they want to, as long as they're ready, I can purify them. These sins, remember we saw before, the people thought, we have sinned so much, look what we brought about, such destruction, there's no hope for us anymore. We can never recover from this, how deeply we got into the, the level of sin. It's, such, it's something that many people get stuck in a rut thinking that I've done so bad, I've done so terrible, there's no hope for me, why bother even try? Which is why God has to come in and say, no, I will make you holy, I will purify those sins. You will be for me a nation again. I will be for them the God. No more will it have to go to these these um, these abhorrent practices. But I will be their God. They, I will make them the people. And what will happen? We have David My servant David will be the king over them. My servant David, who was the one who was willing to admit his sins, but then move forward with his life. That King David, his descendant, um, presumably this means his descendant. This could mean his descendant physically. This could mean his descendant on a spiritual level or both. 
but a person with that that kind of of humility and that kind of devotion will be the leader to over the people. They will have one roe, one shepherd, one leader showing them the right way. It's interesting because uh, one chapter ago that roe was God Himself saying, "I will be the roe." And the people will then keep my laws, my just laws, and they will keep my rules, and they will do them. And then when this is how it works, they will live upon the land, the same land that I have given to my servant Jacob, the land where your forefathers had lived, and they will live there and settle there, and their children, and their grandchildren, Adolam, and my servant David will be their leader forever. This is verse 26. And I will make with them Brit Shalom, a Brit, a covenant of peace. This is the key to this chapter. It has to be peace in order for this to work. The people be together. Is That is how we create this covenant, Brit Olam, a covenant that lasts forever, Yehotam, I will have with them. The Brit Shalom, a Brit of peace, a, a covenant of peace, because if you split up, if you divide up, if you fight with each other, that will not last, that will not work. But a covenant of peace is a Brit Olam, is one that will last forever. I will place them in the land, I will allow them to multiply and and uh, reproduce upon the land, and I will, then I will place my temple among them forever. My resting place will be upon them, and I will be their God, and they will be for me for a nation. And then, what will the end result be? When I have this relationship with them, then they can fulfill their mission in this world, which is, then all of the nations will know that it is I, God, Yisrael, that has made Israel holy. When my holy place, my my holiness, my holy sanctuary will be among them forever. The nations will learn. The nations will know. Remember, Ezekiel's emphasis here is on giving comfort to the Jewish people, but he'll never forget to remind them that ultimately the purpose of their relationship with God is that the entire world should learn that relationship and join in it. Thank you so much for studying chapter 37 together. Looking forward to studying chapter 38 and the rest of the book of Ezekiel.